Hallelujah. 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 And he shall reign forever and ever and ever. And there shall be no end to his kingdom. Hallelujah. There shall be no end to his kingdom. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all praise, glory. Glory to our King forever and ever and ever. He's worthy of all praise and glory. Hallelujah. Father, I worship you today. And for those that are here, Father, open up their spiritual ear. Open up all of our ears, Father. Open up my ear that I may hear what you are saying. That we can walk in, Lord, integrity and power and virtue because you are the king. And that your love is so awesome, cannot be explained, cannot be comprehended, nor can it be understood by us. But all we know, Father, is that you love us in spite of us. We praise you for it, and we love you for it. Teach us how to love you. Teach us how to worship you. Teach us how to pray and understand you. It will take eternity, Father, but we want to begin now. We want to love you and admonish you as King and Lord of all, because you are our King. And we praise you now and forever in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody, yes, give him one more hand of praise. Now, just lift your hands up just to him. No clapping. Just lift your hands up. Just lift your hands up. The one thing worship does is distinguishes him from everybody else. See, we clap for dignitaries, we clap for different people, but when you lift your hands up, it denotes he's worthy, he's glorious, he's the ultimate, he's awesome. There's nobody else like him. Just say something while your hands are lifted up to him. Say something to him. I love you, Lord. Teach me your ways. Teach me your call. Teach me how to walk with you that I may love you even more. And I honor you, Father, today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Tell somebody next to you, God is good. Say, God is good. I want to um, speak to you, and in, in, um, even at the beginning of the service, um, it was confirmed about destiny. So many people that are in the body of Christ today, uh, today don't understand destiny. They don't know what destiny is. And, and, and some of them, we have a definition of destiny, and that's fine, and that's great. But the real question is, will you reach your destiny? At the end of our life, at the Lord Chateri, when you go into eternity, when the books are open, will you have reached your destiny? And destiny is not defined as something that you want. Destiny is defined as God has set for you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. And uh, so I'm going to talk to you about that today. But the first thing I want to do is establish the thoughts of God concerning you. And Jeremiah Chapter number 29, verse number 11. Very familiar to us. Amen. How many know God is good? And if you, if you need healing today, you ought to just get your faith up because God can heal you before the end of service. And nobody has to touch you. Holy Spirit is already in the atmosphere, and he's ready to do something for those that receive. Amen. And um, 
one of the things that we have to do as believers is that we just have to believe God, trust God. And we've got to exercise our faith in him because the faith that we have in him is the key to pleasing him. Amen. Y'all didn't catch that. Our faith in him is the key to pleasing him. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that it pleases God if you have faith, if you trust him. Matter of fact, it was counted unto Abraham for righteousness because he believed God. And so our faith, our trust, and our confidence in God has to be there. Now, let me just give you an idea of what the true meaning of believing and trusting and faith is. Okay, number one, that you have to understand that faith has something to do with believing the mind of God based on what he said and then getting a, revela a, revelation, a revelation of it and then walking in that. Faith and action goes together. So if I believe something, I'm going to act upon it. Amen. If I don't believe something, I may be hesitant to act upon. When I believe something, I will act upon it. So how many of us actually act upon the word once we read the word, hear the word, and we get revelation of the word? Your next step, step is to act upon the word. That's how the word is activated in your life. Now, many times we'll say the word, we'll speak the word, but we have no revelation of the word, which means you get no manifestation of the word. So you need to make sure that you get a revelation of the word. And revelation can only come by, listen to this, by relationship. Okay? Preachers can preach. Amen? Teachers can teach. But if you want the thing to actually activate in your life consistently, you have to get a revelation for yourself. Okay? Off the word. When you get a revelation off the word for yourself, then you'll get a manifestation of the word because you believe the word, you understand the word, okay? Revelation means that you have an understanding or it is open up to you so that you can get a revelation of what God is trying to say and what he is saying in your circumstance. One revelation might not be the other one's revelation because God's word is so diverse, it becomes applicable to you as an individual based on your situation because the word is dynamic in its action. That means that I have faith for something, you have faith for something else, and it will work, amen, differently, but the, you'll get the results of it because of your individuality, okay? So you need and I need to understand that we have to develop our faith. Somebody said develop our faith. Faith comes by what? And hearing by the word of God. The more you hear, the more you hear. Listen, I keep saying it all the time. The more you hear, the more you hear, the more you hear, the more your faith is actually being built. And I said it last week. When faith is built, then all of a sudden revelation comes. And when revelation comes, it actually bursts out with manifestation. Because revelation cannot be contained. It has to act, actually act. Did you get that? So when you get a revelation, you've got to allow the revelation to burst out. All right. Jeremiah chapter 29, starting with verse number 11. All right. Amen. Okay. For I know the thoughts I have toward you, said the Lord. This is God talking. I'm going to give you an interpretation of some of the, in the what it actually says. I know the thoughts that I have toward you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Okay? Everybody say amen. Okay. And Psalms 139, it talks about how God formed us. And those are as we were teaching on the courts of heaven and we were talking about uh, uh, the generational curses and all that. We understand that in the, in the courts of heaven, when before any of us was ever conceived or brought down to earth, there was a book written about you, okay? In that book, God laid out your design. He laid out your personality. He laid out your character. He laid everything out about you. And what he added there, based on who he made you to be, was your future, both on earth and in eternity, okay? Before we actually go in eternity or when we get in eternity, your name is going to change. That denotes you will fall into your eternal purpose. Anytime that God encounters someone 
and he wanted to change them or change what they were into who he wanted them to be, he changed their name. And you have already been given a name according to the scripture that is yet unknown to you that describes everything there is about you. That's why you just cannot just name your kids anything. You, some people just name them. I'm not going to start naming them names. Some names came to me, but I'm not going to name them. <laughs> but you can't name your kids anything because the name that you give them actually describe who they really are. The Old Testament, when the, when, the, when the people of God, when God's people gave their children a name, it meant something. And it meant something. And that's how God talked in the Old Testament. Just give you a, 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 homo, a homonutics class real quickly. The names in the Old Testament was the way in which God spoke his word out in the earth so Jesus to come. The name Isaiah means salvation. So every time his mother or his friends or somebody in Israel would call Isaiah, what they were crying was salvation. And so what we, all, we need to understand is that every name that is named has purpose to it. And so when we declare something, we ought to know what we're declaring. Amen. And so Jesus had to come in the fullness of time he came. Amen. Because it was being called out all through the beginning of time down through the end of time. And if you ever take a homolytic look at the names of the descendants of, of, of Adam, you'll find out that every name that he named actually spelled the prophetic, um, um, the prophetic for a man's life. Amen. So I'm going to leave that for, for those of you that know, know that. Um, I want you to, um, um, you know, get that in your heart. That. Because God has named names, his prophetic voice is being heard. All right. So this is important only because of the fact that God has named you. He has described you. He has given you a purpose. And I'm going to read to you what the, what the Hebrew says regarding Jeremiah 29, 11. Okay. I read it from the King James Version, but this is, uh, I'm going to give you the definitions of and, and read it to you, okay? Um, my intent and my purpose about you is to make you know, make you to know that you will be health and health, prosperity, happy and safe, and that that nothing is wrong with you, or I will cause any harm upon you, or be with displeased with you, for indeed I have bestowed upon you uh, compensation, giving things that I want to reveal to you or literally open you up so that you will understand your future. Okay. Now, I just threw all those words together, but let me, I, I just spelled it out um, based on when I put it all together. The Lord wants to reveal to you his thoughts about bringing you health, prosperity, to be happy and safe. He wants you to live in a, 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 a bind or tw a twain or together with your destiny. In other words, he wants to bind you with the destiny he wrote you about you. That you will have a longing for it about you. Okay? So in other words, God has a destiny for you. He wants you to be in good health. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be safe. He wants you to have this destiny so bad that he longs to see it in you. Okay? So how many know that that's God's thoughts about you? It's a, it's, it's, it, his thoughts about you are thoughts of good and not of what? Of evil. And the, what has been presented to us is that God is a mean God. And he's ready to fly swat you at any chance that you mess up. But God never does that. God gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And he has given us the comforter. And when the comforter has come, he will reveal to you truth. You know why people can't walk in, um, in, in consistent righteousness? And consistency 
because they're not connected to him. There's areas in their lives that they need to be connected to, and the area that's not connected to him, they fail in. God says, I want all of you, not 99%. I don't want 70, and I don't want 99.5. I want 100% of you. He says this, I bought you. And the price I bought you with was so precious and so valuable He wanted to have you because he bought you with a precious price, and that was his blood. You are no longer your own, but you are belong to him. Somebody say, I belong to him. And so the ideal is that stop fighting against who bought you and enjoy the comfort of being bought. His place in you is a place of destiny, purpose, and happiness. And I want you to think about it. The enemy, in St. John 10.10, wants to come and destroy you. Satan wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you, does he not? He wants you to live a life that when you close your eyes, you have regrets. God says, I don't want you to have any regrets because I'm in you. The hope of glory. How many know that he's the hope of glory? All right. He has given you something very precious and, 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 and so uh, wonderful. He has given you the Holy Ghost. You ought, to say, you ought to say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. He leads you and guides you into all what? Truth, into all revelation or all unveiling the truths that will get you to where God has called you to be. He wants you to be somewhere. He has a place for you. Your design, your personality has been designed to accomplish a task. That's why you can't look down on anybody, and that's why you have nothing to say about the other person. Because everybody has to go through their own stuff, amen? They got to go through their own process because destiny will bring process. Okay? And so guess what? We need to know that. We need to know that the process, everybody cries and, and, and squanters and, 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 and waffle when tests come. But tests are there to prove you, to make you, and to promote you. Okay? So if you do not understand the process, you will be disappointed. Colonel Sanders, how many know the colonel? How many know the the colonel? The colonel was a very unique man, and um, and um, I'm, I'm gonna um, I wanted to read you his story about his uniqueness. And um, he started off at uh, 17, uh, 13 years old, and um, he got he he. Um, he went to school, and by the time he was 17, he actually dropped out of school, okay? And when he dropped out of school, he, um, you know, got a couple of jobs and got fired for mostly all his jobs. Went into the Army, got married at 19, went into the Army, and learned how to cook in the Army, peel potatoes and all that kind of stuff, okay? And he got married, had a couple of kids. He tried to, he was in the Army. He, and he, all he did, all, most of his life was in the back of a kitchen, cooking for other people's restaurants. But he loved to do it. And by the time he was 65 years old, he had to retire. And when he retired, and there was some other things that happened. I'm just trying to speed it up. Uh, by the time he was 65 years old, he retired and filed for Social Security. And... His first check was $105. He took the check, and he started frying chicken and going around the door-to-door chicken. 65-year-old man going around selling chicken from door-to-door. Okay? Eventually, people liked his chicken. (laughs) Some people still like his chicken. (laughs) It was sold on this, you know, the special herbs and spices and stuff like that. 
He did that from 65 until the time that he was about 70 years old, where he actually got his first restaurant. From 70 to the, uh, the time of his 80, I'm sorry, 88, he actually built four or five restaurants that served his chicken. Eventually, what happened was that someone that was doing franchise wanted to franchise his chicken, and so he sold his restaurants for $2 million at 88 years old. He fulfilled a dream that he had. One of the stories is that during his life, uh, at 65-year-old, he was going to commit suicide because he looked at his life, and he said that I'm just a failure because everything that I tried never worked. But as he began to write down the things that he accomplished in his life doing the suicide note, he found out he had a destiny. It was the fried chicken. Amen? So it doesn't matter how small you think your thoughts are, God has a better plan for you. He took the chicken, took $2 million, and they said he lived a peaceful, a very peaceful, in the latter years, very peaceful life. Now the chicken business is worth over $3 billion. So it's never too late to reach the destiny that God has planned for you. Now think about this. Chicken has become church famous. I'm just being really true. I'm not being honest. And so whether you want to take this or not, it's tied into the kingdom purpose. <laughs> Most churches like fried chicken. We've got names for it. We wait in line for it. We run right after church. Somebody might go get some Kentucky fried chicken after service. Every part of the kingdom matters. Everything that God has placed in you matters. Everything that God has said about you matters. Everything that God has determined about you is supposed to come to pass. You were not designed to fail. You were designed to succeed. You were designed. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You have been designed to succeed. And what the enemy is trying to do is stop you from succeeding and keep you down so you never go up. Are you listening to what I'm saying? This is why it's important to understand the courts of heaven. This is why it's understand the, the curses that come into your life. There are folk that are in this room right, right now that people have said things about you years ago, and you're still thinking about it, and you're still trapped in that word. You know, there used to be a saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but the words will never what? Words will hurt you more than sticks and stones because words will stay with you your entire life if you do not tackle them and kill those words that people have said about you. You are wonderful. You are good. You do look good. Amen? You are somebody special. Amen? And I don't care what the enemy has said through the mouths of somebody else, you are not cursed but blessed. What God has said about you, no one can take away from you. God said it, and God will perform it if you allow him to. The only thing that will stop God from getting in your life is you. With your words that agree with what the enemy is doing or saying about you. Okay? Somebody say amen. And so let me just go over this real quickly. Three, there's three things that you need to know about your life. It is valuable. Somebody said, my life is valuable. God purchased it through the blood of Jesus. Okay? And so you are his. Somebody said, I'm his. Okay? Which means, and I, you got to get it, God has a plan for you. God's plan for you are, is a great plan. But what he has done in many cases, he has put us in a valley of dry bones. Or we have become inoperable in our life because of what people have said. 
or because we've been in the valley of dryness. We've been in the valley of loneliness. We've been in the valley of rejection. We've been in the valley of all these areas in our lives, and we can't get out. But you forgot something. You forgot that God really loves you and that he has a plan for you. And you might not be able to help yourself, but there is a king that's able to help you. Amen? And so you need to know and you need to understand that God is waiting for you to call for help. As Peter began to sink in the, in the, in the, in the, in the lake, he, he, all he said was help, and Jesus stuck his hand out and pushed him and brought him up. But a lot of people won't cry help. They'll actually squimmer, they'll try to swim, and before alone, they'll sink because they have too much pride to say, help, Lord. Get rid of our pride and let's ask for God for help. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We need to ask God for help. How many know we need to ask God for some help? Amen. You're not as good as you think you are. I'm not as good as I think I am. Amen. You're not as sanctified as you think you are. You got some stuff. I got some stuff. All of us in the same boat, so we need help. And we need help from God. Amen? And God has planned to help you if you allow him to help you. All right? All right. So everybody has a destiny. Okay? And your destiny will be impeded or it will be stopped by your words. And listen to me careful. By the words that come out of your mouth or by the words others speak that you agree with. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So if somebody says that you are stupid and you repeat after them and you comprehend the thought, and enemy, now look, this is what happens. The enemy, when somebody says something about you, the enemy has a collection of your faults. And every single time that someone says about you, He'll take that thing and bring it up to your mind. Yeah, that's true. That's, look what happened when you were five. Look what happened when you were six. Look what happened when you were nine. Look what happened when you were 12. Do you really remember that thing? That guy called you a dummy. And the thoughts that you think you will agree with. When you receive those thoughts, then what happens is you will agree with those thoughts and then you will begin to act out the thoughts that somebody else put on you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's why you got to be careful who you hang out with, who you talk to, who is around you. Sometimes you got to get away from negative folk. You got to get away from people that are downing you and you got to get with people that will bring you up. And if you have to be by yourself for a time, then just be by yourself for a time. Because it's better to be yourself to get a relationship with God than to be with somebody always telling you or taking you down. I better consult with the Holy Ghost anyway because he's with me. He's abiding in me. Amen. Right now. He's abiding in me right now. Amen. How many know he's abiding? He's abiding right now. And you have a power that is stronger than any enemy in your life. Any circumstance in your life, you have a power within you. He's called the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost isn't a thing. It is the person. It is he's in you. And he does talk. And he does show you stuff. And he does talk to you. He has a voice. And he does hear. And he does get grievance. And he does get excited when you get excited about Jesus. He monitors the heart and helps you to correct it. You got to be glad you got the Holy Ghost. Somebody, I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I'm not talking about the scary Holy Ghost. I'm talking about, as they used to say, the old genuine Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost that moves when you pray. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost when you start praying, things start moving in the realm of the Spirit. See, people don't pray like that anymore, so they don't get no moves, so they get disappointed. See, but if you get in him and you start praying in him, notice why I said pray in him. Be consumed by him and pray in him, you'll see things move. You need to understand that sin will stop you, transgression will stop you, and iniquities will stop you. Sins that you've committed or omitted. See, we, we're, we're, we're sanctified people, amen? 
and we are some of the biggest violators of omission there is. I know y'all might not like me. That's okay. I'm just trying to reveal truth to you that we all can live. It comes to me first, and I got to live with it. Amen? Because God has to tell me some things about me. And I don't know why preachers act like they all perfect. They're not. They got as much issues as you got, some more. We all got issues. Amen? But God set it up that we can be perfected through the Holy Ghost and the Word. We apply the Word. We walk in the Spirit of God, and we are led by the Spirit, and then we are actually becomes a son of, we are all the sons of God, but then we can walk in the power of God because He's in us. That's why He makes provision of repentance and confession and forsaking. We might not smoke, drink, fool around, we might not do all that stuff, but then when God tells us to do something, we got an attitude. We do. God tells you to wake up in the middle of the night and pray. You don't want to. God tells you to serve someone and you say they don't deserve it. He tells you to give somebody on the street $100 and you said they don't deserve it. They ain't got no job. Who are you? That might be the very thing that turned their life around. Because you showed them love that nobody else has showed them. Because if he's going to tell you to do something, he's going to drop a word in your heart so you can tell them so they can make a decision. Destiny in your life is about a decision. It's not about a circumstance. The enemy brings up circumstance to stop you. Amen? But God allows you to make a decision so he can propel you. When you make a decision, I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, God will propel you, and when the enemy comes, you could just got to stand bold face with him and tell him, devil, not today. I mean, you gotta be, you got to be real about this. That's why mo a, lot of, a lot of us that are in the church world today, we're weak. We don't understand. We, 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 we cower back. We waffle. We, things come up in our lives. Okay, you cry, so cry, but be bold. Let the tears come, but stay focused. Let the things come in your life that is there to test you and promote you. All right, let me, let me get some more scriptures. All right, now remember, sin is crossing, is, uh, sin has to do with tra uh, 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 doing or missing the mark. We miss the mark when we sin. So we omit, we make commission, or we sin by commission, we miss the mark which means we have missed God's, missed God's standard through our heart, okay? If we transgress, that means we purposely cross the line. We keep doing it over and over and over again, okay? And iniquities has everything to do with the bloodline, things that have been passed on from generation to generation and you don't really know about. And you keep wondering why this thing keeps plaguing you. It has come through your generational line because somebody opened the door. You have to take the responsibility of closing the door, okay? So if you think you're okay the way you are, then that's fine. But if God can see where you're at, then you're not fine through the word. And there's ways that God has measured, has measured what you can see through, and you can judge yourself, amen? If you judge yourself, you shall not be what? So what produces or what you go by is the fruit of the spirit that is produced, Love, patience, meekness, kindness, long-suffering. I mean, that one we got to really work on, long-suffering. If you are producing this fruit inside of you, then you are literally producing the God things. But if any one of those areas you are lacking in, that's the area that you need to work on and get the word and get it and hear it so you can overcome it. you got to declare... The word of God. The Bible says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the what? The words of their what? So we have to take the blood of the lamb and we have to take the new covenant that God has established with us because God promised it. How many know that he's a covenant keeping God? Okay. God will do exactly what he said in this covenant. So if you declare what the covenant says, God is obligated to do it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? 
People want God to do all kinds of stuff and all kinds of foolish things, but God will only keep his word that is in the covenant. He's not going to change your eyes from green to blue. That's not nowhere in the covenant. You got green eyes, you're going to have it. Okay? He doesn't do that. Everything that God does, listen to me, is confined within his word. Whatever is in his word, that will he do. Anything outside of his word, he's not obligated to do it at all. Notice what I said. Anything within the word. So if you know what the covenant says, you can ask for those things and he'll do it. Because he said it. And God is two things about God that you know that God cannot do. God cannot lie and God cannot change. He's the same yesterday, today, and what? For what? Forever. Okay? Understanding that the covenant that God has established through us, he is obligated to forgive us when we confess and forsake our sins. Because the price has been paid for our sins, our transgressions, and our iniquity. Okay? He died for our sins, right? He was bruised for our what? Iniquities. And he was wounded for our what? Transgressions. That process took care of all the things that will hinder you. That could hinder you, does hinder you. If you apply the blood, the wounds, amen? Anybody say amen? The death. The wounds and the bruises has been paid. This is one reason why the Bible says that when you, in, in, um, in um, um, Isaiah chapter number 42, I believe, or 43, the latter part of the verse, it says that he was bruised or he was beaten so bad that he was not even recognized as a human being. Because sin is just that ugly. Okay. So turn with me in Philippians uh, chapter 4. I know I'm not going to be able to get finished there. Praise God. But I want you to get the basis of this. Because you want, how many want your destiny? So I, I make sure I'm going to give you what you need to get your destiny. Okay? Because it doesn't matter how old. If, cur- if the colonel was 88, I got at least got to that time. Of course, we don't want to wait that long. Amen? That's the truth. We don't want to wait till we 88, but... The colonel waiting, uh, uh, his, his destiny was before, uh, fulfilled at 88 years old. And he had many failures. Bankruptcies and all. He didn't you know, strike it rich until he was 88. But I want you to notice something. That even after his, he died, his legacy went on. Y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get that. You're supposed to lay up the inheritance for your children to carry on the purpose that God gave you because they're tied to your purpose. Pray we get that revelation. And this is why the enemy is fighting our children so bad. Because he knows that they have a destiny tied to the destiny that we have that's tied to another destiny before us. Because God's destiny is all entwined together to literally focus on his love for humanity. Just love. He just loves humanity. You're made in his image. Which person, unless they're crazy, to try to destroy their very image? Think about it. God is not out to destroy his image. He's out to promote his image through his love for his image. And you are made in the image of God. Okay. Philippians 4, and starting with verse number 10. Okay. I'm going to start with verse number 9. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard, seen in me and do, the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at least your care of me have nourished again, wherein we also are careful, but you lack opportunity, but you lack opportunity. Now that I spoke in respect of one, for I have learned and whatsoever state I am in therewith to be what? Content. Even the Apostle Paul went through some problems. 
and we are not the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was the greatest uh, a writer of the New Testament. How many of you acknowledge that? He wrote over two-thirds of the, of the New Testament, right? And he wrote it because of the revelation that he had, that he received from God in the Arabian desert for like two or three years. He was in there, and Jesus appeared to him and gave him revelation. He was put into a desert place to receive revelation. I don't know if you are, are you hearing me. Y'all not, not hearing me. I don't think you're hearing me because in order for God to give you revelation, sometimes he's got to get you into a place of loneliness. He's got to strip off of you the things that you learned before in order to pour into the things that he wants to reveal to you. He's got to get rid of the old so that the new will come. And some of us are spiritually constipated. We've got some old stuff that we need to get rid of so God can give us some brand new fresh revelation, some fresh bread from heaven so that we can walk in the integrity of the spirit for such a time as this. This isn't the day that I was brought up in. This isn't the day that my father and mother was brought up in. This is another day where there are demons literally on the scene right before us. And you got to learn how to deal with your situation and deal with them based on today. You got kids chanting in school. You got them watching witchcraft on television and they're practicing it in your home while you're not looking. There's Ouija boards going on in your homes. And you wonder why you cannot reach the destiny that, because we have not taken authority over our life. Amen. Somebody will say amen. Okay, so just because of the fact that you have not reached a certain place in your life doesn't mean that it's over. What it might mean is that you're in process so that you can go forward. See, no destiny that is attached with God because God's destiny has a purpose to it because God's ultimate objective is to save the world. Are you understand what I'm saying? When you're bought with the price, when you were bought and God saved you, you were saved so that he can use you. Based on your design, based on your purpose, based on who God called you to be, that's who God called you to be. So what he does is that he uses you in your personality so that you can fulfill the purpose. And because the enemy has blinded us from our purpose. See, what this is what everybody thinks, that, that when God calls you in a position of pastor and stuff like that, or pastor, prophet, uh, uh, apostle, whatever, we, we, we individualize that, that just for me. You're not just for you. God calls you to those areas for everybody else. You're just to function in them by being obedient to God, submitting yourself to God so that you can function in that so that you can actually do something for somebody else. You're not, you're not there for you so you can walk around with a big chest and act as though that you're all that. I, and some people are so deceived today because of the fact that when people get, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pastor, I'm going to be a pastor, I'm going to do all that kind of stuff. You really don't know what you're asking. You really don't. You really don't know what you're asking for when you were at, when you. I tried to run away from pastoring, and God kind of did all this to me, and I, I don't want to do that because I know how it, I was behind the scene. I wasn't in the position, but I was behind the scene, and I saw how they were acting. I don't want nothing to do that. But when God called me, He called me so that you could make a difference. So that other people can see a difference than what you have seen. So I put you back there in Lullabar in a place of servitude so you can see what is going on so that you will not be like that. So that you can change people and point them back to me like they're supposed to do. See, your place of where you're at is not always a place of happiness and, and greatness. It's sometimes a place of loneliness so that you can see. People can't see unless somebody sees it. 
And we go on and on and on. We go through redundant stuff and redundant stuff and redundant stuff. Nobody gets free. Nobody gets set free. Nobody gets healed. No blinded eyes are not open. Things are happening. People are in trouble. Things are, they don't have no money. Everybody's just uh, ruined. Why? It's not because the Lord does not sit on his throne. It's because somebody has fooled us in believing a lie. God has given us all things, notice what I said, that pertain to what? Life and what? Godliness. So you have everything that you need in the realm of the spirit, and you have everything that's available to you in the realm of the natural. And your job is God will supply all your needs according to his what? Riches and glory so you don't have to worry about that. So that you can be spiritually endowed with revelation and power and anointing so that you don't have to worry about what's going to happen to your house. So you can go out and cast the devils out. But here's what the enemy has done. He has fooled us and have bombarded our heart with the cares of life. It has actually stomped out our faith and our belief in the God that we're, he saved us. And so we're so concerned about this, we cannot concentrate on this, and we cannot get endowed from this. And because we can't get endowed for that, we have no power. We have no revelation. It's just like this, this, this scripture says in Hagar. You build your houses, you build your home, your houses, you have money, but your pockets are empty because we have changed our focus. Move your focus away from you and get it into the purpose of the kingdom. The keys to the courts of heaven is aligning your life with the purpose of God so that Things can happen. See, if I trust God, see, my father's here, and um, I use it, I'm using an example I used it last week because I'm going to keep repeating it. If I get a billion dollars, my father promised me a billion dollars. <laughs> see, I'm not going to worry about if my house notice due because I already know that I got a billion dollars. Right? Right? How many would you worry about your house no do? If you were getting a billion dollars, you'll probably say, well, you know what? I can live somewhere else because my money's coming. I'll get something I can afford until such time. You wouldn't even worry about it because you already know what you have. How many, how many would do that? I sure would. Now, maybe some of y'all say, no, I got to stay where I'm at. Well, you, you stay where you're at. I'm going to go and I'm going to downgrade because I'm going to get an upgrade after a while. See, so if he promised me because I trust him and I know him and I know his word is valid, I know his word is true, I know what he says is going to be so, I'm going to trust him and I'm not going to worry about all this other stuff. My job is to make sure I'm there on that day. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? Your heavenly father is greater than your earthly father. And whatever he makes a promise to you, he will fulfill it. You can count on it. But what you have to do is go through the process so that you can fulfill the destiny that he has for you. Every destiny is going to bring a decision. Okay? A decision whether I'm going to go into my destiny or not. And first of all, you've got to find out what your destiny is. And let me show you an easy way of your destiny. What, is the very, what, is the, what are you good at? Think about what are you good at. You don't have to answer this. But if, what are you good at? If you're good at administration, if you're good at talking, if you're good at, because God has already put inside of you from the time you, before you were born, put inside of you all the elements that actually points to your destiny. If you think about business, see, it's not all church. It's about all life. Your life is a reflection of God's purpose in you. So if you have a purpose within you, then you got to look at yourself and say, what, do, what am I good at? And I know people say this because I can hear them saying in my eye, I'm not good at anything. I bet you if you just checked yourself about something that you are doing that you didn't recognize you're good at, you'll find out you're good at it. Colonel Sands was good at frying chicken. 
Why would you do something that you're not good at? And some people are good at multiple things. But you got to find out who you are. That's the problem in the church. We don't know who we are. So we are mispositioning. We got different. We're doing what we're, we're over here doing ushering when we should be at the altar. We're teaching when we should be preaching. You ever somebody get up and they teach and all of a sudden they just go into a preaching? <laughs> you got to tell where they want to be, don't you? Or where they called to be. You have to be in a place of dryness in order to find a place of fulfillment. When Moses went into the desert, something happened to Moses. He was with the kings, and he went into the desert. And by the time he got to the place uh, 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 where he, the, 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 in, in, the, in the wilderness, he had been stripped off of all of Egypt's scent. All that Egypt stuff was off of him by the time he reached his destiny through the desert. Joseph, who was a dreamer, how many know he was a dreamer? He didn't understand that his destiny was not tied to him being an interpreter of dream, but it was tied to the destiny of a nation. And before he could get to the destiny of a nation, he had to go through a process because God's heart is about love. Notice his process. Okay, Joseph was a dreamer, and he was bragging to all his brothers and his father about him being a dreamer, right? You know the people that are always bragging about, I got the healing power and all that kind of stuff. You ain't been in the wilderness yet because once you got something, you're not going to brag about it. You just have to display it. Notice what I'm saying. Joseph was talking too much. He was sold into slavery. By his brothers, his flesh and blood betrayed him. And let me tell you something. Those that are closest to you will betray you. <laughs> it's only a few times that you can find a real friend. His own brothers betrayed him because it had to be so because otherwise the love of God wouldn't have come out of him. He was sold into slavery. Okay. But he was sold into slavery. Then he was sold again to Potiphar's uh, house, right? And he was betrayed there. He hadn't even done anything. So he had two betrayals in his life, but it put him in a place for promotion. See, most of us need to understand that sometimes when you get down to the very bottom of the pale is when you're going to get ready to be lifted, but people fight against that. They don't want to go down that far. They want to just stay here and say, well, Lord, take me out of this. God will not take you out until you learn the lesson. Because the lesson cannot be, if you want to walk in destiny, that means that you actually have got to go through the fire. You've got to go through the empty place. You've got to go through the desert. People don't want to go through the desert. I don't want to go through the desert, but guess what? I have learned to accept the desert. I am content in my desert place because I know that whenever God moves in my desert place, there is going to be a stream on the other side. Now, notice what he said. Notice what happens. And this is where we need to understand opportunity. See, we look for opportunity maybe in the wrong places. Instead of trying to create your own opportunity, wait for God's opportunity. In the situation that Joseph was in, he had to interpret a dream in the prison, in the desert place, because the gift will still operate even in your dry spot, and nobody has to notice it. Because he was in prison, and nobody noticed his gift, really, except for those that were in the prison. He wasn't famous. He wasn't doing enough. He wasn't having a sign. He didn't have a portrait. He didn't have a, 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 a charismatic movie. Or he was on the, uh, the top of ministry today. He wasn't any of that. He was in a jail where it stunk, where the rats were. And the only people that was down there was the ones in the same place. But sometimes God uses that place and uses people in that place to give you where you need to be. Because you don't know who's connected to who. So he prophesies to him. And his prophecy comes true. Don't know how long he was in that place, but in this place that, that he was at, he prophesied to, I think it's the baker, 
And the baker told the king because the king was troubled with a dream. Got troubled the king with a dream. And none of the soothsayers that was in the king's palace could interpret the dream. And here is this little guy that literally stinks. He's in prison, right? Stink, smelly, and all that kind of stuff like that. Well, and, and the baker gets in the position in the position of the king because you never know the person that you actually love that could be your enemy, but you still love them, will tell somebody that could put you in another position because you don't know. I don't know why people just don't get it. That's why you got to love everybody. Love your enemies. Love them. Because they're the very, I remember God was told me, he, he says, I told him, um, he was talking about cussing. He, he said, you don't cuss? I said, no. He says, when the last time you cussed? I said, since I was 19, he said, you're a liar. I said, I said, I haven't. He says, you're lying. I know you're lying. He said, you're just lying. Now, he's just throwing his hand up at me and everything. Well, you're lying and all that kind of stuff. Like, I ain't saying anything bad. I didn't try to defend myself like people try to do. I didn't do anything and that same guy, when somebody else came to try to bother me, he said, leave him alone. God will make your enemies fight for you. And I'm just sitting at my desk, and he's fighting against these other guys on my behalf. That's why you don't have to fight for nothing. When you're in this fight, God fights for you. And see, many of you don't know my story. You don't know my story. But many of you may look at what I'm, I do and all this kind of stuff, but I do all this by the grace of God. That he gave me wisdom and knowledge by his grace. You know, you see, nobody knows your story, and I don't know your story, I don't know your story, but people that, 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 that if they understood your story, they will see God in your story because you are reaching a plateau on a destiny. So listen to this. I'm, I, I got to finish up. Listen, he's in the place. He prophesies to the king. And, what the, and, and so the king, something inside the king says, oh, this has got to be true. And he says, if you could prophesy this to me, you can get half of the kingdom. He gives him half of his kingdom. He went from in the stinky prison to the palace. Got it? And so now he has been through a process, and when his brothers come, because he called for his brothers to come, and, his, and, and, and when his brothers come, he could have said, I'm taking vengeance on all of them. I'm going to kill them all and put them all in prison and keep them well for 17 years like I've been in there. He could have did any of that stuff, but he didn't do that. He told them, come. And they didn't know who he was at first, and he kind of teased them a little bit, and then he loved on them. And that love saved a nation. If he did not go through the process, his purpose to save a nation would not have been fulfilled. David is similar. Moses is similar. Jesus is similar. He goes into the wilderness, and in the wilderness he's tempted at all points like we are, but he comes out with power to save a world. Your destiny is tied to God's purpose. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Some of you, you might be struggling with what God got me to do. You are here. You're here right in the presence of God. You're here right now. And what you need to do is just ask God to reveal to you the destiny that he has for your life. God's going to make it good. How many know he's going to make it good? Do not think about your past. Let me, I got to say this. Your past has nothing to do with your future. Other than a testimony that God got you out. Now remember something. Yesterday is gone forever. It is in, etern in the archives, in archives of eternity. Right? You cannot bring it back up. You cannot bring it to your, to your only thing you can do is bring it in your soulless realm. Because your spiritual realm never goes back. Your soulless realm goes back. So you know who's operating if you're coming back to your mind. Your soulless realm is unrenewed. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Nothing in your past 
can come to pass unless you create it. It's gone. What they did to you years ago is gone. Okay? I know it hurts, yes. I got hurt too, yes. Let's admit it, it hurts, right? People have done things to you, yeah, it hurts. Right? But guess what? You have something greater now. Yesterday's gone forever. I do not want to go to hell to be reminded and live in eternity in my past. Because that's what hell is going to be like. You'll live in eternity in your past. All you got to do is look at the story of the man that died, Lazarus. When he died, all he talked about is what was done on the earth while he lived. Because he had no future. And so he's rehearsing his mind the thing that put him there, which was not being kind to Lazarus. So you can keep thinking about what they did to you, or you can forgive them and get healed. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Just forgive them and get healed. Healing your soul and your spirit and mind. You, might not, you don't have to shout. You don't have to jump up and down. That's not about this. I'm, I'm about giving you a message that actually stirs your soul and make you think about what's going on in your life so that you could be healed. I'm not worried about God not healing because he's always healed. I'm not worried about the supernatural power appearing. It always does because that's the kind of God that we serve. Well, what I'm concerned about because it's in my heart is for you to be healed in your inner man. Many of the sicknesses that we go through has nothing to do with the physical. It is something that has happened in the soul that need to be fixed. And if we let people forgive people, the healing power will come on them and heal them. You don't have to touch them. Just ask God for, to forgive them. Forgive yourself. Unfulfilled destiny is a pain because it is a place of loneliness and desperation that keeps repeating itself over and over again. Or you can say, let it go and start walking in the destiny and the power that God has anointed you with. Many of us in here today, there's dreams that have passed by. God never forget your dream. If he gave you the dream, it's still in the archives of heaven waiting for you to pull it out. Asking God to open up your book. I, I'm not going to read it, but Isaiah 29, it talks about how the prophet can't see and how the seer can't op or cannot read out what he, God has for you because your book is closed, because you closed it. But you can open it back up because you declared that God is on your side. You declare that he is worthy of worship. You declare that I'm going to do it regardless of my circumstance. Learn how to cry and still go forward. Learn how to you know, encourage yourself when nobody else is around. Learn how to say that you are in me, the hope of glory. Talk to me. Let's stand on our feet. I know there's a lot of people um, today in your hearts that are broken because I can see it. And we wear masks. We have all kinds of masks on. We have, most of us got that happy mask. Like everything's okay. And you're really not okay. The Holy Ghost sees it. And I don't have to come up in and get in, 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 into the weird, in the spirit thing. Ooh, I don't have to do that. The Holy Spirit sees everyone's hearts. He monitors the heart. He knows the intention. And many of your hearts are broken by people, by words, by relatives, by all kinds of things. You need to be healed. Your destiny cannot be fulfilled until you actually make a choice to go into the desert place to pull it all off of you. Don't die in the desert place, but come alive in the desert place. So when you walk out of the desert place, you have power. 
Don't allow the things in life that have taken you down to take you out of this great call in the kingdom. Because this is not about church. It's not about, it's not about this. It's all about Jesus and his heart for humanity. And he's got you in his heart so that you can touch humanity. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's time for you to come to worship. The Father seeketh such to worship him. It's time to get in an intimate relationship with him that you can see your destiny, your purpose. You are valuable to him. My thoughts of you are thoughts of good and not of evil to take you to your what? Expected end. I want to reveal to you my plan for you. How many need God today? You can just raise your hand. But don't be too proud. You've got a lot of proud folk in the church. Don't be too proud to acknowledge the fact I need help. I'll be the first one. I got three. If I can pull all my feet up too, I put them all up too. I need help from God, and I'm, I will be the first one to acknowledge that I need help from God. And we need to start being real with each other. We're not there, right? If we acknowledge the problem, like they say in, um, in uh, a, a, a Alcohol Anonymous, if you, if you acknowledge the problem, you get some help. Let's acknowledge the problem. Some of us are stubborn. Some of us are, 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 are weak-minded. Some of us need help. Some of us, we, we do a little thing on the side over here and a little thing on the side over there, and we still need help. We're captivated by those things. Captured in bondage. But he that is greater is here. And his name is Jesus. How many know Jesus is here right now? His name is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How many need help today? Just acknowledge it right now. Lord, I need your help today. I need your help today. We made bad decisions. We all made bad decisions. Haven't we all made bad decisions? We all made mistakes. Yes, we all made mistakes. So there's nobody in this place innocent. We're all guilty. All of us, from the preacher all the way back, we're all guilty of something that we have done that we shouldn't have done. We're all guilty. But now we need Jesus to heal us. Hallelujah. There's all kind of people that start mess, amen, and you get a little attitude with them. Just forgive them. Forget it. It's not worth it. I'm not going to stand before God and he said, well, you still got something in your heart against that person. I do. Yes, you wouldn't talk to them. You wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, uh, communicate with them. You wouldn't help them. But they did this to me, Lord. And then he says, oh, so that means if you did that to them, that means you're not like me. Did you hear what I said? He endured the greatest beating in public humiliation known to man. And he says, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we're not greater than he, the Lamb of God. So I, if you just indulge me and just grab the person hand next to you.